Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the uh, uh, fourth episode of the second season of One for One, or uh, episode 32, if you want to call it that. Uh, I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, it's Thanksgiving Monday. We didn't record on Sunday. We recorded on a nice little Thanksgiving Monday. How's your, how's your, how's your Thanksgiving Monday holding up? Uh, Thanksgiving Monday, pretty boring over here. I've uh, got all of my obligations handled on previous other days. So today is just um, doing some stuff around the house and, and staying cozy, keeping your, your fat sweatpants on. What about yourself? Uh, well, first and foremost, I, I, I love a nice, a nice day at home uh, where you just uh, do a little cleaning and do a little relaxing. It's great. Um, I'm pretty good. I went to uh, I went to I went to the newest James Bond movie last night, which was a lot of fun. I uh, went to a a nice little 10:40 showing, and for a movie that's nearly three hours, uh, getting home at 2 a.m. is uh, not ideal after uh, uh, after going to a movie. But Miles, I I've, I've really wanted to talk to you about this because I I didn't text you about it, but I, I wanted to wait until we until we were able to chat on the pod about it. Um, have you heard uh, or have you seen on Twitter this uh, the the it, it was trending uh but uh, uh, uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson did a rap verse in a Tech 9 song? Yeah, no, I saw it. That is uh <laughs> Um he can do a lot of things very very well. Um lifting weights, acting, um breaking chairs over people, but um rapping to a beat is certainly not one of them. Can I just can I just read you um, just a couple of bars from this verse quickly? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. We devour. Put in the work. Put in the hours, and take what's ours. Black and Samoan in my veins. My culture banging with strange. I changed the game. So what's my motherfucking name? Rock. How? much like i i was i was saying i i said this to somebody else earlier but like i can I, like i can smell the dorito dust on the deadpool sweater while hearing that <laughs> verse <laughs> you know like most rappers uh you know do like other illicit substances i feel like that is a bar that came directly from snorting a line of pre-workout and creatine <laughs> I was gonna say, like Fetty Wap is crushing a is crushing a cup of lean, and 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 the Rock is just getting some B is just getting some BCAAs. Yeah, he's got the shit. Oh, you hear in the studio, like <laughs> it's it's them sipping lean out of a styrofoam cup, but you actually just hear the Rock with a shaker, a blender bottle. It's the Rock version of like the lighter. The oh. <laughs> life gets crazy sometimes. <laughs> I oh. would uh, I would like to hear a. I would like to hear a full-length album. I would like to hear um, some features oh, like a Metro Boomin track. You know, I think that's what we need to get through 21. That's what I think. I think that's what society needs is to be brought together by like an overall just shit roasting of The Rock. Is it The yeah. Rock or is it Dwayne Johnson? It's uh, he's actually which the the funniest part is that on the song he's credited as Dwayne Johnson, which a is just not hard at all because you're on a <laughs> you're on a, you're on a rap track and it's like, I mean don't get me wrong, Tech Nine is not very hard, but like there's like Tech Nine, some other guy, and then Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> this is like your accountant down the street no, just came D- over. Dwayne, and is, 
Yeah, Dwayne Dwayne Johnson is a is an intern at JP Morgan. Not <laughs> not not a guy I want to see rapping. Oh man, I it's it just I you know, the rock can do just about anything, but that's just that's just that's just not one of those things. I'm I'm I'm, I'm sorry, the, Dwayne. Don't beat me up. Yeah, come on the pod. In the in the famous words of uh Lamar Lavar Ball, stay in your lane, Dwayne. Stay in your lane, Christine. I miss. I I I I kind of I I kind of miss Lavar Ball. Uh, like I want Lonzo him back shot, in the spotlight. Lonzo shot five for six from three point land yesterday. He can stay. He needs to stay far far away so that our king can continue to cook. Well, speaking of kings contain or c- continuing to cook. Wow, what a segue. Um, shall we talk about the Oilers? Uh, well, let's just wrap up some Oilers thoughts and then we'll we'll get into the meat and potatoes. So, you know what, Miles? How about you give us a rundown of what we're doing today? Certainly, Nolan. I would love to do that as has become tradition on this show. Uh, here is today's game plan overall. Um, just let me quickly um, translate the Swedish in the notes or what, <laughs> what language is in the notes? What, oh, <laughs> isn't it like uh isn't it like latin i don't know it's uh, either sorry regardless off topic today what we got to talk about here is a little bit of uh oilers wrap up uh after some of the final cuts there's a few player transactions that we're going to discuss quickly then we're going to move into some overall nhl stuff uh talk a little bit about carrie price the announcement that got made uh, from his wife's social media and, and what he's got going on there we're going to talk about some early olympic announcements a number of the participating nations have revealed uh, three players as as they are so obligated to do. We're going to be dis, uh, d- discussing them a little bit. And then, Nolan, we are going to move into, as you said, the meat and potatoes or the uh, turkey and stuffing of this episode, which is the Pacific Division preview featuring the teams of the Pacific Division, one of which is, I don't know, the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> so we'll probably spend about 45 minutes talking about them and then maybe two or three about every other team in the Pacific. So that is what we are going to do today. Okay, well, let's get down to it. So let's quickly run through the Oilers stuff and we'll just uh, quickly wrap things up. So first and foremost, um, not really much to talk about with regards to the preseason. A couple of little notes. Brendan Pierlini is clearly going to score like a thousand goals this season. Um and uh, Duncan Keith, Cody Cece, uh, is st- still concerning, still st- still on, still on the concerning side. Um, maybe that 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 might be something that uh, you know uh, might need to uh, you know uh, be. Um, um, yeah, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Uh, and uh, yeah, Zach Cassian, we should probably mention it right now. Went down in a pretty ugly spill uh, in the uh, in the in the game against Vancouver after he fought Zach McEwen. Uh, luckily, Zach McEwen was able to uh, alert the trainers right away, but uh, Cassian took a pretty pretty nasty spill, hit his head off the ice, and it looks like he's in concussion protocol for the next little while. Um, it's looking like he's not going to be ready for the home opener. But, uh, yeah, just shout out to Zach Cassian. Uh, did you have any last things? Did, were there any last little storylines of the preseason you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I think everything else is is basically what we're talking about in the next line here. So. Keep her, okay, keep her, keep her sending here. Well, uh, we have to have a a very important moment. Um, ah. Everybody, please, uh, please light your candles. Um, please, everybody, say your prayers and your and your thoughts. And uh, you know, 
it's a it's it's a sad day. It's an era that's come to an end, and uh, unfortunately, like all good things, they must come to an end. And uh, those good things being that Rev Theory, with their song "Hell Yeah," will no longer be the Edmonton Oilers' goal song going into ne- going into this upcoming season. It remains to be seen on what the new uh, on what the upcoming song is, but it's the popular pick is probably La Bamba, as it was Joey Moss's favorite uh, fa- favorite song. So that's what's been going around on Oilers Twitter. Uh, but it's a sad day, Miles, because uh, I, I I like to post the picture of Rev Theory uh, when the Oilers score a goal. Whether or not people enjoy it or not, I don't care. But it's exciting, and I'm going to miss doing that because it just won't hit the same. Um, did you have any thoughts you wanted to hit on Rev Theory before uh, before we say farewell to an old friend? Um, I've been grieving for the past week or so as this news has come out. Um, listening to Hell Yeah roughly six or seven times a day um, to, to completely honor it. I don't think it'll ever go away. I think Oilers fans for will ever uh, keep this, this fond song handy and... You know, hopefully on a throwback night in December or something like that, they'll have give us one special game where they wear the uh, they wear the oil drop McFarland jerseys and play Hell Yeah as the goal song and come out of an oil Derek and Chris Pronger plays and everything is great. So, give him a hell, give me a yeah. Anyways, moving on from there, the Oilers have made their roster cuts. However, I don't want to say these are final. Uh, but this is currently as it stands right now. I be- I don't know if this is going to be the final roster because they have to submit this to the NHL and they can make their moves afterwards, but this is to get salary cap compliant and to get roster space compliant. Um, William Loggison and Kyle Turris have hit waivers, both cleared today, which was good. Um, obviously, I don't think anyone's going to pick up Kyle Turris's 1.6-something million salary. Um, I will say one thing. Kyle Turris had a fantastic preseason, and... I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I'm actually okay with him starting on the fourth line for this team this year um, in a limited role where a little bit of offense can be produced. I, I don't mind it completely. Uh, William Loggison, awful, awful, awful preseason. I think this is pretty well the 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 end of... I think this is probably the end of the William Loggison era in Edmonton. Um, I can't believe I just called it an era. But as it stands, um, the Oilers are probably not done. There's probably going to be a couple more paper transactions to be done. And all insiders um, expect Kyle Turris to be on the opening night roster. So that's Yeah, exciting. a little bit of um, – Big Big Ken's going to have a little bit of witchcraft maneuvering around here. There's a few notes about some, uh, like you said, paper moves to make LTIR funds available and stuff like that with Archibald and um, – um, I can't remember the other two guys named Clefbaum and Stalock. Yeah, he's going to do a little bit of maneuvering there, open up some dollar bills. And yeah, like you said, ho- uh, likely going to see Kyle Turris on the fourth line. Um, what ended up happening with Sevier? What did they end up doing with him? It's looking like Sevier is going to get the contract because um, from what I read is that um, uh, basically because Zach Cassian is going to be out for the next little while. Honestly, I th- even though Zach Cassian's skating, it would not surprise me if he's out for like a few weeks, like potentially like three weeks or so, because you got to make sure that he's okay when he comes back, because the last thing you want to do is have him come back and like 
and he takes another hit to the head, and we're in serious trouble with Zach Cassian. So, um, so it's it's looking like he's probably going to get a contract. I would suspect like a two way vet minimum deal um, to be on to be on the opening night roster. So he'll be slotted in on the third line, which is kind of annoying because as much as I haven't liked Tyler Benson's rookie camp, or sorry, um, as much as I haven't liked Tyler Benson's preseason all that much, I would have liked to see him on the third line. I think he's played a bit better than Colton Sevier, but I guess it's that penalty killing aspect that Dave Tippett wants um, to have him out there. So, I mean, it, it, it honestly could be worse. Like, it, it could be a worse player going in. I'm really not that upset about it. It could be, uh, you know, it, it could be a guy like Patrick Russell playing. So I'm not, I'm not entirely, I mean, and I don't mean to besmirch the name of King Patrick Russell, but <laughs> holy smokes. Um, oh, one other thing I wanted to mention too. Uh, the Oilers announced their uh, jersey schedule today. I don't know if you saw that. It, like, just got announced. No, I didn't see that. Um, so... Believe it or not, the the navy blue alternate will only be worn, I believe, thirteen times at home this year, and okay. then two away. So they're kind of lessening the impact on the na- or on on the alternate blues a little bit. Um, now I know you and I disagree on this, and we will and we will not get into the argument about the about the alternate blues. Uh, but it looks like the the the, the the regular home orange is, is is going to be the is going to be the mainstay for the homes this year, and then hopefully next year we see the return of the king because I I just I just I really fucking want royal blue back. But anyways, that's beyond the point. Actually, they just deleted that tweet. What the hell? Okay, they they deleted the tweet. Um, now that I look at it right now, because I retweeted it from the one for one account on Twitter. Um, and they've already deleted it. Um, so one last thing I want to talk about, Miles, just before we wrap up the Oilers stuff. Uh, do you have any thoughts on what they're going to do for lines this this season? Because I kind of everybody's really concerned right now because um, as it stands today, Dave Tippett's lineup included McDavid, Drysidle, and Jesse Puljujarvi on the first line. So everybody's thinking now that Dave Tippett is lost his mind and he's just immediately going back to McDavid, Drysidle right away. I think this more has to do with the fact that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is out with an illness today, non-COVID related. Thank Jesus. But um, yeah, do you have any do you have any thoughts on like what they're going to do with the lineup? Um, I, we're gonna like we'll see exactly with like you mentioned Nuge being out and um, Yamamoto missed some time last week too. He took a puck off the head, so he wasn't skating for a little bit. So like I think everybody has a pretty clear idea of what the top six is going to look like, and then however he goes about the bottom six pairing, um, but. It isn't going to surprise me. It's going to upset me, but it isn't going to surprise me because at some point this year, we are going to see, sorry, at multiple points this year, we're definitely going to see McDavid and Dreisaitl together with Pugliarvi and then whoever else they want to throw in that line, whatever. Um, So it's just something to kind of be expected with Dave Tippett. So yeah, um, yeah, right now I'm not too worried about it, but I'm of the opinion that we are more than likely going to see the kind of classic Hyman McDavid um, Pooley RV and then dry top six. I, I'm that's what I'm more so expecting to see. I certainly hope so because man, that top line looks so good last time. Yeah, I'm um, I'm a little bit upset, and I, I talked about this last episode too. I had a little bit of a rant about it, but with the Skinner Konovalov uh, shared crease in the AHL, that's a little bit uh, frustrating to me. It sounds like Olivier Rodrigue is going to be getting sent down to. Uh, Wichita and be the number one goalie there. 
but yeah, that's split. That, that's two alpha young goalies. Like it's just a kind of like a, like a Dubnik, uh, Delorier situation. It's, it's yeah. where you'd like to see two young prospects like that, that are workhorses getting, uh, maximum amount of playing time. It's good that Konovalov's finally in North America, getting kind of adjusted to the game that way. But I don't know if I want them splitting time because I would like Skinner to be just a freaking workhorse. See, and I want the my, same thing for Konovalov. My only thing to that is that Skinner was a was was a workhorse last year, so I I, I don't mind completely. And I think there could be I think there could be worse than two goalies that are so fucking red hot that they're trying to battle it out for who's the alpha of the two. Because eventually there will be like a full starter crowned. So I do think it could be it could be a worse situation. Like we we could have a, a, a two less than stellar goaltending prospects down there, and uh, or we could be riding like a, like a thirty three year old journeyman goaltender. So I am happy to. And the other thing you have to take into account too is that even though um, like even though Konovalov had pretty decent numbers in the KHL, he was still a backup in the K. So I think it, it, it makes sense for it makes sense for the coaching staff to still maybe wanna like ease him into the North American experience. Because at the end of the day, like Mike Smith is forty years old or is thirty nine years old and Miko Koskinen is like kind of up and down. So if one of them gets injured, like Skinner's coming up. And if he impresses, he's not going back down. So I'm not, I'm not entirely all that concerned about it. But I do see where you're coming from. I just, I, I, I just do really like the idea of two, of two guys that are like, I'm a fucking number one. Like I, if, if you think you're taking my spot, because think, just, like, just think at how motivated Stuart Skinner is going to be. He's gonna be like, you guys brought in this like Russian stud from the KHL. This is my fucking team. Like, don't even think about it. And so that that could end up maybe making Stuart Skinner be like, all right, like I'm gonna rattle off a 9:35 in the AHL this year. Yeah, the thing for me though is like I compare goaltending to kind of like the quarterbacks in the in football, where it comes down to reps and it comes down to guys wanting to be playing a large amount of time, and I think that that's what's best for two guys that are what 24 and 23. So. Something like that. But regardless, if there's competition, that's always a good thing. I would just like both of them to be able to play a maximum amount of games and get the experience that they need so that, you know, going forward, we have guys that are prepared and not underdeveloped. But it is what it is. I um, think they're both going to be good either way. Uh, I think it's a perfect example of, of wanting your or having your cake and eating it too. So just leave it at that and, and you know, let things ride. But Nolan, speaking of uh, number one alpha rep goalies, there was some big news in the NHL coming out of Montreal. Uh, Carey Price is making a very bold uh, decision to start the season off here as evidenced on his wife's Instagram account. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So if you don't know yet, you probably do know, but Carey Price is stepping away from the, uh, from the, from, from the Montreal Canadiens to enter the NHL, NHL PA player assistance program. Um, his wife, Angela then had, cause obviously you immediately hear that and people start thinking and people start speculating all kinds of things. Um, but basically his wife, Angela posted on Instagram to, to sort of clear the air, what's going on. Um, she said, uh, 
this is part of the this is part of the Instagram caption. Uh, part of the privilege of being in the position of our family, uh, the position our family is in, is that we also get a public platform to show how there is and can be a path to light for anyone who is struggling. No matter what is on, what no matter what is on the line, we hope we hope we can communicate the importance of putting your mental health first, and not just by saying it, but by showing up and doing the work to get better. Carrie's showing up for himself and our family and making the absolute best decision possible for us. I will continue to show up for him and our kids and seek out the support that I may need on any given day. And it's incredibly important to us to show our kids that asking for help and letting yourself being supported by others is not just okay, but encouraged and anytime and under any circumstance. So, I mean, it's so, it's, it's really awesome to see Carrie Price just be able to say like, hey, mentally i'm not well and i need to and i need to step away and kind of get my you know get everything together because at the end of the day the last thing you want is a guy struggling with pressure whether it be you know the the pressure of playing in montreal the pressure of being a number one goalie in the nhl the pressure of of of, of being the most important player to a team the pressure of even just his personal life i mean there's there there there's so many factors that go into it and at the end of the day, we sh- everybody should be encouraged to be able to say like, I need help, and like, I need, I just need to, I just need people to lay off and just kind of leave it alone for a bit. So, I'm, 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 I'm really happy to see that from Carey Price. I'm really happy to see that the entire hockey world has kind of been around him afterwards. So, um, Miles, did you have any thoughts you wanted to say on Carey Price? No, like you said, I think you mentioned it up pretty good there. It's it's good that he's speaking out, and hopefully, you know, this is the repercussions of the ability of people or the what we're trying to do and and getting mental health normalized and talking about it. So I'm glad that Carey Price is able to be comfortable in that decision and then be such a champion for it. So good on him. I hope everything goes well. We should talk to Canadians a lot, but at the end of the day, he's got got uh, a lot more going on than just playing hockey like you said there's family pressure and everything like that so I just hope that he's okay and and can get everything figured out the way that he needs to so that he can be a happy healthy person very well said well on a much on a more lighthearted um well I should the the seriousness drops off quite a bit here because from now on we get back into the saddle of uh social commentary and hockey commentary we are about to talk about the early olympic announcements for the participants some of the participating nations so so far um most of the most of the representing nations have announced their 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 first three players that are picked to the Olympic roster. This is not these are not three players that are going to try out. These are three players that are selected to the active roster and will be on Canada's Olympic team. So, why don't we get down to it and then afterwards we will talk about sort of who are some of our surprises and uh who maybe we're excited to see. Um You'll why don't we start? Why don't we start at the bottom? Okay. <laughs> work, work, work your way up in the list. Okay, so we'll start. We'll start off with Latvia. Uh, Rudolf's Balsers, uh, Zemgus Gergensens, and Christians Rubens. Um, yeah, Zemgus Gergensens, uh, NHL All Star. Uh, did you uh, say? Did you say the first player's name is Rudolf? Yes, Rudolf Balsers. Exceptional. I have a, a fantastic I have a, name. I have a jersey to order. BRB. Yes. Yes, you do. Um, Denmark, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Nikolai Ehlers, and Alexander True. True. Um, 
True. Uh, I mean, Nick Ehlers is just insanely good, and Oliver Bjorkstrand's pretty good, too. Um, the ROC, otherwise known as Russia, it's something about how, like, Russia's banned from the Olympics, so they have to go, but it's, like, Olympic athletes representing Russia or some shit. And or the some names sh- that have Or been, some shit. Some, like, so, they're so not, shit. like, they're ab- not absolute cheaters. <laughs> they're just doing, co- like, copious amounts of cocaine. Um... Uh, starting off with Andre Vasilevsky, Alexander Ovechkin, and Nikita Kucherov. I don't think I have any objections to anybody on that list because those are three really good players. Um, yeah, yeah. Niels. Uh, then Slovakia, uh, Andre Sekera or Sekera, however the hell you want to pronounce his name. King. I call them Sek. I I call them Sekera. Reggie, we love you, sweet Reggie. Uh, Eric Chernak and Yaroslav Halak. He's gonna steal some games. I can already tell. Uh, then moving on. Yeah, Niels, that's, that's very... Wait, what were you saying? Um, that's pretty elite. Uh, Yaro Halak is like, yeah, we're riding that. Is he, he's like 37, 36. How old is he? Is he that old? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's like 36 or something like that. He's uh, still really good though. Like he's he is, still he really, is still really, really, really good. good. He is still really good. And like that veteran presence on an Olympic team in a short tournament where like a goalie can get hot is scary. I just don't think that that like as a hockey country or, or deep enough to compete, whatever. I just think it's funny that like, Slovakia used to be awesome though. Which oh, is crazy no, to sure. think about. Like they used to be uh, sick. I just, I just, I just like the legacy pick as like the top three, um, especially like set, Reggie's old too. It's just, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's an observation. Yes. Uh, then moving on from there, man, Switzerland's actually pretty good now. Yeah, uh, Roman Yossi, nasty. um, Roman Yossi, Nico Heischer, and Timo Meyer. Like, and then you're still gonna have um, like a Nino Niederreiter on there as well. Like that, that's n- like not a bad team by any means necessary. No, but um, then you look at the the one above it. Like we're talking about Switzerland as being a surprise. Germany is out here absolutely swagging. Yeah, with Leon Dreisaitl, Moritz Seider, and Philip Grubauer. Um. I mean, Leon, our and, our Gru- boy. and Grubauer, man, that's a yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that, that's a really good team. Uh, the, uh, the defending silver medalists, Olympic silver medalists. Oh yeah, I forgot about that in the in the 2018 non NHL Olympics. Um, believe it or not, uh, do you know who won? Do you know who won gold that year? Uh, the non-Olympic athletes from representing Russia, whatever. Yeah, and so and 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 do you know who? Do you know? Do you know who was like the best player on that team? The Russian team. Yeah. Uh, LeBron James. Kovalchuk. So <laughs> Kovalchuk is a gold medal before Ovechkin. That's amazing. Um, Czech Republic: Andre Palat, Jakub Voracek, and David Pasternak. Pretty disgusting, um, if I say so. Uh, then now we're moving up into like the elite four. Um, which are Finland with Alex Barkov, Sebastian Aho, and Miko Rantanen. Holy shit, that's really good <laughs> and like really scary and really young. Yes, really young. Um, and you bet your ass we're gonna see Yesipoli Arvi on that team as well. Um, then next up we've got Sweden with Landeskog, Zabanjad, and Hedman. Zabanjad off of, fresh off of uh, signing an eight-year deal with uh, the New York Rangers. Yeah, really, really good. I'm I'm actually surprised they didn't pick Pedersen as their like one of their first three. Like I'm surprised they picked Zvanejad over him. And then we get to the big two, uh, the U.S. with Austin Matthews, Evander Kane, and Seth Jones. 
what the hell? Um, which caught a lot of people by surprise, but then everybody also needs to remember that Stan Bowman is also the general manager of the USA hockey team. So it's not all that surprising, even though they kind of ignored the fact that uh, 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 Adam Fox is from uh-huh. the, the U.S. and just won the Norris. So a little on the surprising side, to say the least. And obviously, finally, the boys are our home, our home country, Canada, with Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, and Alex Petrangelo. Now, nobody's surprised by Crosby or McDavid. Petrangelo got a little bit of pushback from people online because people were saying like it should have been probably McKinnon as like the no-brainer pick. Um, I have no problem with Petrangelo because I mean he's already been to the Olympics and he's still really, really good. So it's not all that surprising. If it would have been like Drew Doughty, I would have had maybe a bit more of an issue. But um, Alex Petrangelo is pretty well fine. Uh, were there any names on 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 any of these like little I guess preliminary three player picks that have sort of surprised you along the way? I don't know about surprise. I think a lot of these just make sense. Like I think especially okay. So if you're looking at the I don't know, even Canada as an example, it looks like a lot of these countries kind of went with like stud legacy mix of D men and forwards or yeah. one, one and one. So a lot of these make sense. Obviously, all of these countries have, you know, uh, internal pressures and favorite players and guys that have grown up in the programs and stuff like that, that they obviously want representing them. So whatever everybody did is is kind of up to their individual regulating bodies and stuff like that so nothing like the jones pick i mean doesn't even really surprise you he's a number two overall like he's just signed a massive deal in chicago he's going to be playing in a big original six market like makes sense that um, usa hockey would want him as a face right um even zibanejad like he's just a wicked cool dude he's a dj he plays soccer he speaks like six languages like he's just good for the brand over in sweden so they're happy about that um yeah, I don't know. Not, none of these are really surprising. I think that this is a really nice list. Nice in the sense nice. that you can you can look at it and be like, yeah, there's a legitimate argument for every guy on this team. Um, would, you know, Seth Jones over Adam Fox, I hate to completely recycle one of your examples, be like my personal pick uh, or something that surprises me? Yeah, but at the same time, not really. So um it just gets you so hyped up to actually see some competition start happening and see some more names get thrown around and just one step closer to hockey back at the olympics baby that's the goal that's what we want to see best on best international tournament cannot wait so excited that's me that's me giving a kiss to the olympics well sound like you suck sucking your teeth i'm always sucking my teeth at you uh okay can't get the virus if you already the ill mafia alive know what i'm saying <laughs> uh well the illest motherfucker alive is the pacific division just kidding well i mean i i don't know if it's ill i mean it, it's not a very good division if we're being honest <laughs> um but how do we move it's getting so much shit and it's not like i don't understand why it's just getting the the absolute snot knocked out of it i think it's i think that the pacific division here's my overall hot take i think the pacific division overall is going to be a really exciting race throughout the year to watch and it's going to have a lot of people saying hey maybe i was wrong about that it's a lot better than i thought it was gonna be uh i yeah uh I 
no, there's like, there's like three, there's like, there's going to be three stinkers, like real stinkers in this division. And is like the, like the top end talent. Cause like, well, I don't know. It all depends on what you think of the central. Cause if you think that Minnesota's taking a step back and you think that, and if you think that like St. Louis is not as good as they were, I mean, you know, it all depends. I, I can kind of see where you're coming from, but I also do sort of understand where people are saying that it's not all that good. But you know what? When we skip past that, how about we get right down to it and start off with the stinkiest of the stinky in the in the division, the Anaheim Ducks, otherwise known as the Anaheim Cucks, uh, with a 17-30 and nine record for a point three three zero points percentage. Uh, this team really made no offseason moves whatsoever. Uh, their offseason move was not getting Jack Eichel, as they were uh, rumored to be in, in, in the sweepstakes there. Uh, they brought in Ben Hutton on a PTO. And really, more than anything, the important part is that they're counting on the full rookie season, the, the full the full rookie seasons of both Jamie Drysdale and Trevor Zegris. Uh, shout out Chris, the Greek King. Uh, so we, I mean, that's 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 really it. I'm I I am a little excited to watch some of the young talent on this Ducks team. You've got Zegris, you've got Maxime Comtois, um, you got a guy like Troy Terry as well. I, I think it's just going to be got, growing. You've got former Regina Pats captain, member of the U20 Team Canada, uh, and porn star galore, hundred and thirty point WHL scorer Sam Steele, out on the roster as well. Um. A lot of young guys on that team in that room. Uh, I think better days are ahead for these Anaheim Ducks. But the overall message for Anaheim Ducks and what I am titling this uh, preview or this portion of the preview is someone please save John Gibson. Please, for the love of God, someone help him. He's dying. You are watching a man die. It's a long title. It's a working title. It's in progress. Please don't get too with it. Yeah, and... A, they have they have a they have a bunch of really big uh, pending UFAs, including Hampus Lindholm and Josh Manson, which is um, those are those are some pretty key guys. And to be honest, um, de- depending on how the season goes, I could see Josh Manson being a potential target for the Oilers at the trade deadline. Um, if that's the case, his dad is one of the or is one of the coaches in Bakersfield, so it really wouldn't surprise me if that's something that uh, that might happen there. So, um, yeah, I mean, what were you gonna say? Who did we lose, Nolan? Who did we lose? There's some key departures. I think we skipped here. Uh, yeah, but not really though. I mean, David Backus was essentially like the ghost of David Backus at this time. So he's, he's, he's moved on and retired. Danton Heinen left as a free agent and Ryan Miller and Ryan Miller retired as well, which Ryan Miller, like one of the best American goaltenders at the time was a absolute stud at the 2010 winter Olympics. Um, nearly stole the, nearly stole the gold medal from Canada, uh, for the Americans. So, um, yeah, I think it's just it's at this point it's just Ryan Getzlaff and a bunch of kids at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, not to mention Ryan Kessler, the guy who made an NHL article saying I fully understand my NHL career is over. It was depressing to read. Um, who did they lose? Who uh, Flurry, young defenseman, right? That was oh Hayden Flurry. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I forgot about Hayden Flurry. Whoopsie Daisy. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, they... I just that's just another like you said, Ryan Getzlaff and a bunch of kids. That's another good kid that's out of there. So yeah, um, the Ducks I think are going to be stinky. Um, my team MVP. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about them? 
Uh, no, you can do your MVP and all that, and then I'll and then I'll follow up. Best player, John Gibson. Team MVP, John Gibson. Fantasy pickup, John Gibson. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, that he's he's my pick for best player and MVP. I would say just fucking go for it. Get Trevor Zegers if you can. If you're in a dynasty league, fantasy wise, grab him because he's gonna be a good player, whatever team he's on. Um, my prediction for them is that John Gibson cries in a post-game interview uh, and SEAL Team 6 drops through the roof and, and pulls him out and saves him and brings him to Canada to play for the Oilers. I, I think that this team is like, I think they're like the, I, I know that I said this about a previous team, about them being like the Crows for like the trade deadline and all the teams are like, they're just surrounding the team waiting for all the waiting for all the available pieces to come out um because i really th- i mean hampus lindholm at the trade deadline is a nasty target for some team so i would not be surprised if that's um uh if that's a guy that uh that potentially is on the move same with josh manson so my bold prediction is that both of those guys are gone and potentially john gibson by the trade deadline as for team mvp and like my fantasy pick and all that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really big on Maxime Comtois, man. I, oh fuck, I forgot, I forgot. Ricard Raquel is also a pending UFA. That's another guy too that that like you trade him to anywhere and you can probably get like a first round pick. But unless yeah, you're Calgary, I'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm really I'm I'm really big on Maxime Comtois. I I like the talent. I think. I think he's quite good. He's got good size. He's got that physical element to his game. He can score. Um, I think that's a guy that, like, long term, maybe that's your, maybe that's a, maybe that's a future leadership core guy. Maybe he's your next captain. Who knows? Um, hopefully, he doesn't get bullied by people in Anaheim like he did, like he did when he played for the Canadians, not the Montreal Canadiens, the Canadian Olympic or the Canadian World Junior roster. Because I think that that's... We're, we're mean people in Canada. That's really sad for his legacy that like he hasn't even really gotten his his feet off the ground in in Anaheim yet and people are always just like hey that's the kid that got bullied after the World Juniors so yeah, hoping really hoping that he can separate himself from a a tarnished legacy uh, from some idiot adults because he is a good hockey player like you mentioned and and hopefully he can can find his find his wings. Moving on from there, we've got the team that we were able to beat in the playoffs uh, four years ago, the San Jose Sharks. Um, this team is really old, in case you were not aware. Uh, let's just get the key departures out of the way. Martin Jones, they bought him out. Thank goodness. Might be the worst goaltender in the NHL. Ryan Donato left as a free agent. Curtis Gabriel left as a free agent. They traded Yosef Coronar as a part of the Aiden Hill deal. And Marcus Sorensen left. So they, they didn't really lose much for like impact players because... I don't think any of those guys were making a real difference to their roster. And then they brought on guys like Nick Benino and Andrew Cogliano, which I think if you're a contender, those would be two moves that are phenomenal for you in your bottom six. But they're the San Jose Sharks, and they are not contenders. They are uh, 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 f- fart tenders. Pretenders! They, they, they are pretenders. And then they signed James Reimer and acquired Aiden Hill. Now I'm a big Aiden Hill guy. I like Aiden Hill like quite a bit. Um, he was playing on a he's playing on a really poopy Arizona team last year and had some pretty decent numbers. Um, 
a lot of people were, were, were kind of surprised that San Jose made the trade for him, but I, I, I don't mind the move, and I think if you can get off Martin Jones and you can bring in a much younger goaltender to see what you've got there, that's not a bad way to go. Um, but you've still got, this is still a retirement home for a lot of guys, um, for guys like Brent Burns, Mark Edward Vlasic, Eric Carlson, and it just it just pains me because I fucking loved Eric Carlson so much. Like, I, we talk about Connor McDavid being so exciting, but man, was Eric Carlson in, in his prime ever like one of the most exciting players to watch in the NHL? Like, we always hear like the stories about Bobby Orr and what it was like to watch Bobby Orr, and Eric Carlson is what I expected Bobby Orr was like. Um, and it just it sucks to see that he's not that guy anymore, and quite frankly, he's not even sixty percent of that guy. So, a um, lot of bad contracts in this team. Um, you've got Thomas Hurdle as a pending UFA, and to be honest, that's probably my that's probably like my my fantasy pick would be Thomas Hurdle. He's arguably their best player. Um, and then as for like team MVP. Uh, Evander Kane. I'm just kidding. No, we should actually probably put that in key departures because Evander Kane most likely won't be playing with this team this year. Yeah. Um. After the after the summer of uh the the summer of fun that was Evander Kane. Um. But uh, I mean, as as for Team MVP, you know what? He, he still puts up decent numbers. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Brent Burns. Yeah. I I don't know, man. This team is just so stinky. This team is just so stinky overall. Like just. An absolute, you know, um, how sharks are attracted to blood, so they say. Yeah. Um, sharks are attracted to shit, apparently, because this is just a bad team. Um, I think Aiden Hill could surprisingly be team MVP. Like he's 25 years old. He's six foot six. He's a, like you said, he was on a bad team last year. Um, was playing like split time in kind of like a two-three goalie tandem. Um, as guys were going down, other goalies were coming up, and it was kind of like a carousel of of guys in and out in that crease. So Aiden Hill on his own team is going to see a lot of rubber every night, and I think that he could very well end up being this team MVP. I would avoid him like the plague in fantasy. I would avoid every defenseman on this team like the plague in fantasy. Um, I could see, like we were talking about Meyer. Meyer could be uh like a potential fantasy guy or something like that so i don't know just overall they're like uh not a team i'm trying to think of a football equivalent for them for fantasy they're like the houston texans stay away maybe there's one or two guys you go for but overall stay away bold prediction for them um shane wright is going to invest heavily in silicon valley potential landing spot for him he's excited about it um, I was going to say my bold prediction was that this guy was going to make the team, but it's confirmed he already has made the team because um, he was my he was my my sleeper. But William Eklund was their number seven overall pick this year was a like talent wise. Buffalo had him second in the draft this year. So if, if they could have gotten um, if they could have if they weren't going to pick Owen Power, it would have been William Eklund. Uh, I think that's a player that that could inject a lot of life into San Jose. Um, really crafty winger could also play center at some point, um, but I think he's going to come in and, and he's going to he's going to have a really effective rookie season. Um, could see anywhere from forty to fifty points from William Eklund. Moving on from there. Uh, 
Miles, would you like to uh, do 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 you want me to take care of the next team because they made a lot of moves, or do you want them? Uh, you go for it, and I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy. I'm gonna grab my my iced coffee and just have a like a sip. You're such a here. you're such a yuppie, Miles, with your iced coffee. I'm just kidding. I only say that because you one time called me a yuppie for drinking an iced coffee. You piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Vancouver Canucks. 23-29-4 with a point and 3-9-3 points percentage. This team was not very good last year. Now, it's tough to say whether or not they were actually not that good or whether or not this was a problem because of the whole COVID outbreak they had midseason in which then they were forced to come back and play. Uh but nonetheless, was not a very good season. Um, but they made some pretty big moves this offseason. In their departures, they moved on from Nate Schmidt after, after the one-season experiment. I just don't think he really worked in their scheme. Um, and then they were able to move the triple-headed monster of salary in Louis Erickson, Antoine Roussel, and Jay Beagle, like we've previously mentioned on the show. Uh, then they bought out Braden Holpe, uh, lost Jimmy VC. Traded Ole Yolevi, lost Coland in the expansion, and lost Sven Berchi in free agency. Um, probably not much of a loss on Sven Berchi's case. Now, with those salaries lost, they brought in um, a little salary known as Oliver Ekman Larson, and Connor Garland, who I like Connor Garland a lot, but I did not like his games. Or I did not like the last game the Oilers played against him. I thought he was so uneff- he was so ineffective and just completely invisible. So. I hope for their sake he's, like, not that because uh, he just got, like, a big extension. Uh, Jason Dickinson, Tucker Pullman, and Luke Shen um, were all acquired via trade and free agency. Uh, Brad Hunt signed as a as a uh, depth defenseman. Yaroslav Halak uh, signed to take over the backup goaltending spot. And he hasn't been signed yet but brought in on a PTO, and it seems like the Canucks brass really like him. But Alex, don't call him Daddy Chase on... Formerly we, of the Edmonton Oilers. We miss you, Alex. Do we? No, I just felt obligated to say that. Uh, <laughs> another key departure shot to the fucking moon was Jake for Tannen last season. So that is going to be another guy that is not going to be uh, coming back to Van City. He won't be coming back to Canada anytime soon. No, sir. He is um, very much playing puck in the motherland at this moment. So Vancouver Canucks. Um I'm going to destroy another friendship here uh, with with a good with a, with a friend of the show, um, Mr. Alex. I'm so sorry to have to do this to you, but I think you know what you have here too, and the fact that your team is uh, another recipient and a proud founding member, joining member of Fuchs's Frauds. I don't think very highly of this Vancouver Canucks team. Uh, I'll tell you why. Um, like you had mentioned here, they got rid of the three-headed monster of salary cap and essentially brought in the exact same thing. Um, OEL is was a great defenseman. I don't think that he is any longer. Um, they got Pedersen and Quinn Hughes signed up long-term deals. Um, I think they were long-ish terms, yeah? Yeah. Six years yeah, for yeah, Hughes? Uh, six years for Hughes, three years for Pedersen. Okay, so this is going to be a little bit of a sub-discussion, Nolan, but the answer that I got from from Sir Alex Leach on this one was that um, the comparables for Quinn Hughes were Rasmus Dallin and Thomas Shabbat, and that quote, I think he's better than both of them. He he said he's he's he said he's they're they're both or he's better than both of them. Vancouver fans in general, I think, are of that of that uh, thought school of thought. 
So first and foremost, um, like I don't know, Quinn Hughes is like really, really, really bad defensively. Um, because I, I, I mean, like you, like you can have a decent rookie season while being sheltered with a guy like Chris Tanev, and you can, but like. I'm not because like I won't be the guy that sits here and says, "Oh yeah, like Darnell Nurse is is great on both sides of the puck because I know he's not good in his own end," and but like Quinn Hughes is really bad in his own end. Um, I think I trust Thomas Shabbat way more than Quinn Hughes and Rasmus Dahlin. It's I don't think we can really make the comparison yet. Right now, he's probably better than Dahlin just because Dahlin's taken a step back due to the coaching due to the whole coaching change. But I think this season could be a season where we say, like, Rasmus Dahlin is one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Um, I Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't agree with the Shabbat comparison, though, because I, I, I think, I think Tom, Thomas Shabbat's a real stud. Oh, I think Thomas Shabbat in the next two, three years might be the best defenseman in the NHL. We'll see. But regardless, um, and that's not a beak on, that's not a beak on, like, our, our friend here, the, 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 that's just the fucking problem with Vancouver as an organization overall. They love to pay guys a lot of money and a lot of term that not necessarily are proven enough for it. So that's just my whole issue with Vancouver overall. I think that they're like, no one had a better off season or no one made bigger moves. I think is just a fucking insane thing to say because like they're going to feed Thatcher Demko to the absolute wolves this season. Um, and you talk about, oh, the Oilers are a two-player team. Really? The Oilers are a two-player team when your entire offense is driven by, like, Brock Besser and um, OEL. Or not OEL. <laughs> Pedersen, right? So, I don't know. I just think that Vancouver is overall a very fraudulent team, and I'm not expecting I mean, a lot from them this offseason. They, st- they still do have season, Bo Horvat sorry. and JT Miller and Connor Garland. Like, those those are three really good players. And, like, like, like. Niels Hoaglander was really good this last season as well. But, like, I can definitely see what you mean. My biggest issue is with their defense. Like, people talk about the Oilers having a god-awful defense. I'm sorry. Like, Tyler Myers making $6 million is fucking bananas. Like, that's a... And, like, Tyler Myers is not good. Um, Travis Hamanick... I was saying Travis Hamanick would be a nice Larson replacement at, like, a million bucks. $3 $3 million for two years for Travis Hamnick is nuts. Tucker Pullman, four years at two right, and a half. Right, but he might, he might not even be, he might not Sorry, even be playing this year, Hamnick, yeah. right? Yeah, that's true. Um, no, I, yeah, they're just... Which is a, still another big hole, is another big hole that yeah. they're going to have to fill if Hamnick's not there. Yeah, because then you're, because then you're playing Luke Shen every day. Yikes. You don't like to see that. Okay, that's, uh... Is that, oh, I guess we have to me- mention our, our all of our picks for Vancouver. Um, uh, bold prediction, they missed the playoffs again. Um, my MVP is Elias Pettersson. And my fantasy... I'm going to do, do a fantasy sleeper for this one. And I think my fantasy sleeper is going to be... I think it's going to be a nice bounce-back season from JT Miller. I really like JT Miller. Yeah, I think the um, fantasy sleeper, like in the definition of sleeper, could be exactly who you mentioned previously and in, in Holglander. I think he could be a very good player for them this year and be a, a beneficiary of playing with some guys. And I, I'm going to rescind what I said a little bit there about them being a two-player team. I, their forward group is a little bit deeper than I was giving them credit for. And Demko's a good goalie and, and this, that, and the other thing. But I agree with your bold prediction of them missing the playoffs. Um, 
my bold prediction for them is that they are going to give us an absolute toilet bowl of a rivalry with Seattle. And it's just going to be fun to watch those two teams play each other and have Vancouver win the entire series. Um, yeah. Hoaglander would be my fantasy pick. Demko is going to be their MVP. I think like, I cannot stress how big of a fan I have of him. I think he's a really good goalie. So that's it for Vancouver. Um, I look forward to an entire year of group chat, arguments when i'm sitting at my desk with with leech it's going to be fun and i think that that's what makes hockey so great you know just fighting with your buddies it, it's just it's just so fun uh moving on from there let's get to a team that i that could potentially have the biggest swing in this division which is the los angles kings who also had a pretty busy off season bringing in guys, like, and just bringing in names. Like, they brought in Philip Deneau, Victor Arvidsson, Alex Edler, and for losses, they lost Troy Grosnick, and that was about it. <laughs> um, and that's, that, like, that's really it. Like, this was a fucking pretty, like, pretty decent team last year, and this is a team that's going to rely on a lot of young talent coming in. Um... I don't have their early lineups in front of me of what's going to happen with regards to like guys like Arthur Kaliev. It looks like Kaliev will make the roster. Gabe Velarde, you hope he takes the next step this season. But you've still got Dustin Brown. you still got Anze Kopitar. You, um, like I said, you, you've, you, you've got Philip Deneau now. Uh, you got guys like Drew Doughty. And then you've made a signing in Alex Edler that is probably going to be a nice addition to this team. He was not bad last year and I could easily see him having a pretty nice little season. And then a guy like Cal Peterson, who you've now signed to a three-year deal as your starter for the future with a one, a one B tandem with him and uh, uh, Jonathan quick. This seems going to be a pain in the ass to play against. And then you also have to factor in the Quinton Byfield situation who unfortunately fractured his ankle, but you could be looking at maybe like a mid season call up where, Quinton Byfield gets in the lineup, that could be a guy that is a real difference maker for the team and sends them on a big run to the playoffs. So, I mean, the Kings are a veteran squad. They've done it before. They know exactly what they're doing, and they're just they're they're a pain in the ass to play against. And, you know, as much as we ragged on him, Todd McClellan's a good coach, and I, th- I think he gets to his... I, 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 th- I think he's able to understand his players, even though he didn't understand Yesipoli Yarvi. Um, but... No, I, I think I think LA is going to be really good, and I'm not looking forward to the Oilers having to play Philip Deneau uh, multiple times a year. No, absolutely. I think that like they were a fast team, a young team last year, like you mentioned. Uh, they've got a lot of talent and a lot of veteran presence as well, so they they could be scary. They could be a swing team. And to your point on the Todd McClellan thing, like you got to have to look at the situation that he was in in San Jose and then in Edmonton and how it just wasn't really meant to be right. Like it's every hindsight's 2020 when you're looking back at things like that. Right. But he did a great job in San Jose coaching up a lot of young guys and um, creating like a solid core and of very consistent hockey there. They have their own issues in the playoffs, whatever is what it is, if that's roster construction or anything like that. But I, I certainly don't think that you can say that that was coaching. So he was coming from such a like, steady situation and then he came into a situation in Edmonton that was full of holes wasn't you know 
it wasn't going to change the way that things were done there. I just don't think he was really set up for success. But now that he's in LA and it's not like hockey front city, I think he's kind of back in his West Coast mentality, doing what he needs to do. And I think that he's going to be a really big piece of, of LA moving forward and um, coaching those young guys up and making them talented. Um, you mentioned Cal Peterson. I My bold prediction here, that's not a 1A, 1B. That is a straight up 1-2. Cal Peterson's yeah. going to be taken over from Jonathan Quick a lot sooner than I think people are ready for it because he's a stud. Yeah. He's a damn Yeah, good I think, and I would actually agree with you. I was more so just saying it as like a they'll probably try it out as like a respect thing to Jonathan Quick because Jonathan Quick is a UFA after the season. So I think, or no, sorry, he's got two more years and he's a UFA. But I, I, I like, I do think that they're just good, that they're going to be like, Hey, Jonathan, like we're, you know, we want to make sure that we pay our respects to you. And then, but no, I, I, I do agree with you. Cal Peterson's going to take this job and run. Thanks for the memories, even though they weren't so great in the last couple of years, is what they're going to be singing to Jonathan Quick. So yeah, bold prediction there. Cal Peterson takes over the crease early and often. Um, fantasy guys, Victor Arvidsson could be pretty nasty. Victor Arvidsson could, could put up playing, a lot. I mean, playing with fucking Anzit Kopitar, absolutely. Yeah, I think that would be that would be my <laughs> Getting fantasy. Getting out of Nashville. <laughs> yeah, the sinking ship. So yeah, um, that's gonna be a that's gonna be an awesome player for them. I'm so yeah. jealous of him. I I think I think the Kings are a playoff team personally. Uh, I do I agree with that? If not, if not, they're damn close. But I think that, that, you know that I guess I, would be my bold prediction for them is that they crack it. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. Um, as for um, as for like fantasy picks and stuff. Uh, I would say like my team MVP. I I've still I've still got I've still got Anze Kopitar. Like that's 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 just a he's he's just a product. That, he's just a product of of uh, uh, consistency or an example of consistency. Sorry, um, and he's just he's just he's he's just so 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 good. Um, as for like um like a fantasy sleeper, uh, I guess you could kind of go with a guy like uh, I don't know. Um, I guess you could go with someone like, I don't know. Well, actually, let's go with the guy that we already talked about, Victor Arvidsson. That's a guy that if you pick him up at a, at, at sort of a late stage, like he's could be a guy that scores 35-plus goals. Um, and then as for my bold prediction, ooh, that's a good question. I, I, I usually have these prepped, and I can't really think of one. I'm going to say that... Um, I'm going to say that Philip Deneau has a horrible offensive season, like even worse than this one was, but he's still really good defensively. And so the contract will make will make LA think, hey, we still got a really good player, even though they're only getting it on one side of the puck. So I'm, I'm going to go with that. Let's go with that. Sounds good, man. Um, this next one, this next team, Normally what we do when we're uh, breaking down teams is we go like in a reverse order of how they finished last year. But this team we can't do that for because they weren't a team last year. So we just slotted them in and nice in the middle of the pack here. Uh, the Seattle Kraken, new to the league, new to the division. Um, things are, are are taking shape in Seattle, and this will be their inaugural season in the National Hockey League. Key additions, to quote Nolan, literally uh, literally an entire team, LOL. So no Real key additions, no real key <laughs> departures in that sense. Um, talked about them in depth a number of times. Um, 
big announcement today. Mark Giordano officially going to be wearing the C for them. First captain in Kraken history. Um, enjoy that. I guess uh, really that's not that surprising. I guess really who, what other direction were they going to go, and, right? And did you see who got the A's? No, I didn't. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, Yanni Gorn, Jordan Everly, and Adam Larson. Ah! <laughs> and I swear. <laughs> that's tough, eh? Yeah, that's just... Uh... A couple ghosts of Oilers past and a good sass boy. You like to see it. That's not too bad. Well, this team... Um... I know that you like you and I have talked about it. I don't think the 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 advanced numbers say that this team is going to be really awesome, and typically I would I, I agree with I agree with a lot of advanced numbers. I don't agree with this um, with Seattle. I just don't think they're going to score. Like I just really don't think they're going to score. I like Jordan Aberle. I find him more of a I find him more of a complimentary piece more than anything. Um, I like Yanni Gord a lot. I think that guy is like 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 I've said before, top six forward. He's really good. But I think you're missing a lot of depth down that lineup. Like Riley Shahan is not an everyday player, and I'm I'm actually gonna look at the, at, at at their depth chart right now as like for what they're last playing. Riley Shahan's playing fourth line center. Like he, I guess he's fine as a fourth line center, but like it's it, like nothing's gonna happen. Nothing is going to happen with Riley Shahan. I liked him on the Oilers just because he just seemed like a good guy and like won won some faceoffs. But I just. I just don't see it. I just don't see it with this team. They've got they've got a they've got a decent decor. I like Vince Dunn a lot. I think he's probably like my like my fantasy guy. Um, he's gonna get you know opportune time on the first uh, you know on the first unit power play. But uh, yeah, I just that's that's my you can't really see it, you can't really hear it through the microphone. But I'm just kind of like shrugging my shoulders and putting my hands up. And then as for like team MVP, or MVP I'm gonna go with uh, I'm I'm gonna go Jared McCann. He's probably gonna end up being really good, but I just I just don't see it with this team. I don't I think that they they they're they're set up where they can make a big splash for a player, but I just I just don't see it right now. Yeah, I think going back to what you're saying about the analytics, like I think as individual players, they were good. Like analytically speaking, we're good players, but I don't think as a collective group it's going to translate. That success is going to translate. They were uh, important pieces on the teams that they were on previously. That's a big difference between like Vegas and and I think the Seattle Kraken team. I think Seattle picked like group guys, where Vegas picked like standout guys. If that makes sense, Vegas was picking guys that had a lot of like explosive potential, and I just don't really see that from this roster. So. Similar to how we've we've said in the Florida preview, uh, all the offense seems to go through Jonathan Huberto's stick. I think that fantasy-wise, like, take a Yanni Gord because I think that all of the offense from this team is going to touch his stick at some point. Vince Dunn, too, like you said, on the point on the power play is a good pick. Um, I personally, my, like, biggest gripe with them, and I know that I only talk about goalies, and Miles needs to figure out some other shit to talk about, but the, like, Drieger and... Grubauer situation I like you said if they're set up to make a splash for a player I feel like a goalie's got to go out because that's just not sustainable in my opinion I Uh, feel like I feel like they made I feel like they they signed Chris Dreger to that deal because they didn't think they were going to get Grubauer in the offseason in in free like they probably thought Grubauer was going back to Colorado that's at least my prediction yeah for sure it yeah 
No, for sure. So if they're, if they are set up to make a splash, they've got cap and they've got assets and I hope they don't trade draft picks, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, that is Seattle. So bold prediction for them. They trade one of their goalies by the trade deadline. I don't know. I guess that would be it. I don't really have one for them. I am, however, excited to see the franchise grow. I don't think that there's ever a bad thing. I think that was a market that was hunting for a hockey team. And I'm glad that they have something in that city now, aside from the uh, Seahawks. So shout out to them. Shout out to Seattle. And the Mariners. How dare you besmirch the name of the Seattle Mariners? I could give two <laughs> shits about baseball. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> the uh, C- Seattle still needs a basketball team, though. Bring back the Supersonics. Those jerseys were nasty. We need the Supersonics back in the NBA. Well, is that it for the Seattle Kraken? Can we move on from the Kraken? Yeah, because this one is um, going to be hot, hot, hot. Hey, uh, uh, hey, uh, FFK, make sure you go to Walmart. I know my voice cracked when I said that. Go to Walmart, go to their, go to their pharmacy section, pick up a tube of Astroglide because there's a real fucking about to happen right now. (laughs) (laughs) Calgary Flames. Not safe for work. <laughs> 26, 27, and 3 for a .455 points percentage. They also had a pretty big offseason. They lost, they, lo- they lost some dudes. They lost some people. Actually, let's go over the key additions first. Uh, no, we'll go over the departures. Sorry, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm excited to talk about the Flames. Lost Mark Giordano, captain, number one defenseman. Derek Ryan. To the Edmonton Oilers. Thank you. We 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 really appreciate him. We're excited for him. Uh, Nikita Nesterov. That's kind of nothing. Buddy Robinson. Good. I fucking hate Buddy Robinson. Budworth. But Budworth Robinsons. Uh, uh, lost Josh Levo, which I I like Josh Levo, and I just I think he may have a nice little career for himself in Carolina. And most importantly, hope. Well, actually, Calgary Flames fans probably have hope, but I, they they really shouldn't. Key additions. Blake Coleman, Trevor Lewis, Brad Richardson, Tyler Pitlick, Nikita Zadorov. They traded for Dan Dan Vladar from the Bruins. I actually really like that move. I think that's really good, and I think that's a nice little, like, this guy could hit, and if he hits and you still have Dustin Wolf behind him uh, and Dustin Wolf ends up being good, then maybe you could trade Dan Vladar for something decent. And most importantly, they got the big man. The third overall pick from the 2010 NHL entry draft. Herrick. Good Bunsen. Um, yeah. They bought a, they, they, they brought on a bunch of guys to punch people in the face and play some, and play some good old Sutter hockey. Um, cause, uh, yeah, this, this, uh, I really like Blake Coleman a lot. I, I do, and I I wouldn't have minded him as a as a pickup for the Oilers. But what the fuck is this team doing? Like, what what are they? And I've my my issue with them is, and I have said this multiple times, and I I'm 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 very much a proponent of this. If you don't have high end talent and you're not acquiring high end talent, which Flames fans seem to think that they're in on Jack Eichel, and if they are in on Jack Eichel, then that's great, good for them, whatever. But if you don't have high end talent, 
I and, and you've just kind of gone through this phase of not going on any playoff runs despite this core you've had. Move on, blow it up, tank for tank for the all-time talent. Because I don't understand a team where your best player is Johnny Gaudreau, where your best player is Matthew Kachuk. Those are complementary pieces. Those are not guys that you have as your superstar, a face of the franchise player the guy that's going to lead this team to action and the, and the guy that's going to lead this team to a Stanley Cup. I just do not see it whatsoever. Your decor is, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, um, atrocious. I, I, don't, I don't mind Chris Tanev. I think Noah Hannafin is fucking overrated, and I just, I just don't see it from him. Rasmus Anderson, hey... I know that I I know that I besmirched his name last year, but I I that's just I he was not good last year. He he, he just wasn't good. Um, is Yusuf Alamaki going to make a step? Like you're, and you're and once again you're paying Erica Branson two million dollars and paying Nikita Zadorov nearly four. These are not good players. So what? It's the it's the size argument and and like Jakob Markstrom or Jacob Markstrom had a had a bad year last year. Are you thinking he's going to bounce back as well? I've, I've, I've said this multiple times on here, but like signing free agent goaltenders to big money doesn't usually work out. Is this going to be the one that actually works out? There's just so many questions around this team, and I don't get the idea of trying to build with this sort of meh talent. At least with, at least with Sutter and the Kings, they still had guys like Kopitar, and they had a fucking Norse Trophy nominee in Drew Doughty. Like... You don't have that on Calgary. You just don't. So I, I don't understand why they're telling themselves that we're still in this contending window. Like, I, I don't get it. No, Anyways, I, I, think I, that that's, I think that that's a really interesting point, Nolan. Like, especially what you were saying about the core, like not getting it done, but sticking with it. Calgary has this weird identity crisis where they're getting Jack Eichel and they're contending for the playoffs and they're going to get Connor Bedard and they're going to have Dustin Wolf stick and be a number one NHL goal defender, but they have a six-year contract with Jacob Markstrom. Like, they're just so fucking all over the place as a team, as a franchise. I just don't understand what they want and i don't think they know what they want either so i think they're going to have a good top line um like you said complementary pieces that all fit in really nicely together but they're a team that's like a, a good player i'm not going to say star player a good player injury away from just a fucking standings free fall yeah, and i don't totally and i don't hurt i don't wish an injury on anybody not even matt kachuk like as much as i hate him i still respect him um but they are very much like in the fucking danger zone of 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 being a hockey team. So mm, interested and, to see what happens there. And and don't get me wrong, there like there's players on this team that I do like. As much as I hate Matthew Kachuk, he is a guy that like if you could have him on your team, you absolutely you want yep. him. Like you yep. absolutely want a guy like that. Um, Elias Lindholm is consistently one of the most underrated players in the league. He's so good, and he seems to be a real fucking oiler killer. Um, Andrew Mangiapane, like, yeah, man, is an absolute weapon. Italian noises, like, it's, <laughs> it's just he's like these are these are these, these are good players, but even like Dylan Dubé signed a terrifically friendly team deal to stay in Calgary, and I think that he's a great lower line forward, like a bottom six to mid six forward with potential, right? So yeah. he signed something that was super team friendly. There are good players on this Calgary Flames hockey team. And there's going to be nights where they spank teams. There's going to be yeah. nights where they look really good. But I think that that's going to be a quarter of the time. And the other three quarters of the time, 
Um, Flames fans are going to be banging their head against the wall saying, why, Daryl, why? Boston pizza is so fucking bad. Brad for living, give me a pierogi pizza or give me death. So that's my opinion on Calgary. Yeah. Um, as for like fantasy guys, you know, I, I think honestly what, who seems to be the most consistent out of all of them, I'm going to go with Elias Lindholm um, just for like my fantasy pick for this team. Um, team MVP. I mean, I mean, I, I think we're going to see a nice bounce back season from Matthew Kachuk. Um, I think he's just too good not to. And uh, my bold prediction is I think Johnny Gaudreau has gone by the trade deadline. I like it. That is spicy. That is that is almost as spicy as Andrew Mangiapane's known as ZD. Um, he would be my pick for fantasy sleeper. I think Mange could just absolutely bang some bang some bingos. He's really good. He is a really good hockey player. So Mange would be my fantasy sleeper. Team MVP would be um, Matty C uh, or Matty T. Sorry, I said Matty C because bold prediction is I think he's the next, and it's not really a bold prediction. I think any Flames fan would agree with you. That's where the C is going in that dressing room. I think is going to Matty. And I like the pick of Gaudreau being gone. If they if they poop the bed, if they're not looking good, I think that's it. And Sutter, you can already tell he doesn't like him. They don't have a good relationship. Even going back to last year, there's a few good sound bites. So um, I think that he is definitely the man on the chopping block there. So hoping that things um, go as poorly as possible for Calgary and that they suffer because the team slightly north of them will be north of them in the standings as well. Ha ha, ha ha ha. Well, we are actually not going to talk about them next because we're going to save we're going to save them for last. How about that? We're an Oilers podcast. Let's save the team from the north for very last. Does that sound good to you? It sounds perfect. All right. So finally, uh, the team that finished first in this in in that would have finished first in this division last year was the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Vegas Golden Knights, they made some moves, but I wouldn't say they had like a huge splash. People were attaching them to the Jack Eichel sweepstakes. <laughs> Jack Eichel sweepstakes. Um, people being me. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, like I, I think there were quite a few people that were that were kind of talking about it. Um, but basically, they just they moved out. They they moved on from a potential controversy and brought in some guys that they think they can maybe reclaim their careers a little bit. So the key departures, obviously, we've talked about it at nauseum. Mark Andre Fleury, he's gone. See you later. Really good, really good goaltender. They lost Thomas Nosek. Uh, Cody Glass, they traded off after trying to develop him for about four years. Um, they uh, their uh, biggest key departure was goalie controversy. So now they don't have to worry about uh, having to share the crease between Fleury and Leonard. And Ryan Reeves, uh, they traded away to the Rangers because they got like a third round pick for him. So that's pretty good. Um, and then they made a nice little cheap acquisition for uh, Evgeny Dadnov. They brought on Nolan Patrick after they traded Cody Glass. So basically they traded Cody Glass for Nolan Patrick, which, I mean, you get the second overall pick from the draft in, in exchange for the fifth overall pick. I think that's a bit of a win for Vegas. And then trading for Brett Howden and then signing Laurent Bressois former Edmonton Oiler. Um, yeah, this this team finished 40-14-2 and two last year with for a .643 points percentage. Like, this is a really good team. Um, once Alex Petrangelo found his footing in Vegas, he was 
a monster. And especially in the playoffs, Alex Petrangelo turned into the player that we all remember from St. Louis. Um, This team is still a perennial cup contender. However, I, I think this is the year where the age and the lack of a proper number one center catches up with them because at the end of the day, this team does not have a, they, they, it's just the fact they don't have a number one center. They've got William Carlson, Chandler Stevenson as their top two centers, William Carlson on a championship level team, probably your second or third line center. Same with Chandler Stevenson. Um, you've got Nolan Patrick in your third. Like, can, can you, can you reclaim a guy like Nolan Patrick? Is he going to be better? Um, and then, defensively yeah you've got Alec Martinez Alex Petrangelo really good players you've got Shea Theodore Braden McNabb Nick Hague Zach Whitecloud Nick Hague and Zach Whitecloud are good young defensemen but is this like once again does this team have the top line elite talent you need to win Stanley Cups and as much as I love Mark Stone Mark Stone went quiet man like really really quiet and I don't know if you can count on a guy that just completely gets shut out against the Montreal Canadiens. Like you, you need guys to step forward and, and, and you need that talent to take you over the top. And I just don't know if it's going to do that. And I just don't know how much they can do that relying on the age of some of these guys. Yeah, for sure, man. I don't disagree with you whatsoever. There is a big uh, kind of question mark, or I guess two question marks, where uh, a gambling man would say, put it all on black, where they're hoping that uh, Nolan Patrick really works out and that they're hoping that this up-and-coming prospect stud that they have named Peyton Krebs is going to be phenomenal because he's a young centerman. Yeah, they're hoping that these two young players that they've got, two young centermen are going to work out, Nolan Patrick and Peyton Krebs. Peyton Krebs, prospect coming out of Winnipeg in the WHL, um, was an absolute stud last year. Before, Connor Bedard, who I'm sure everybody knows, uh, is also a weapon himself, went to the U16 or U17 camp for Team Canada. Um, as it was U17. Uh, went to that camp. He was like kind of neck and neck with Krebs, and then Krebs just pulled away in the last bit of the bubble in the whl put up like 54 points or something like that in like 20 some games he was just a, a machine of a man that being said a very talented hockey player very good player still pretty young i think he's an 01 birth year he's still pretty small a little undersized in terms of like weight and muscle that he's going to have on him so i don't know if he's the answer for your number one center in like a tough western conference where he's going to be going against a lot of bigger more physical guys so i think he needs the year to kind of grow into that role and develop. So maybe the answer is there, Nolan, for their number one center, but I don't think that it's this year. So I would agree with you in the sense that they are going to be taking a bit of a step back. That being said, they got rid of goalie controversy, but they also got rid of a massive safety net for that team. Robin Leonard, good goalie, solid goalie, um, played really well for a number of really bad teams, but was, you know, when he was slipping, uh, Flurry was there to, to pick up the pace for a little bit so that he could find himself and come back stronger. When Flurry was slipping, Leonard seemed to be able to carry that torch. I don't think that uh, Leonard Brassois is going to be able to, to be that dependable backup. They went from having a 1A, 1B to like a number one, number two situation. So Vegas is hoping that these young centers hit. Um, and play significantly higher than what they're expected to. And they're also hoping that their goaltending situation is stable and solid and reliant on one guy. So Vegas, I guess, 
um, would be my bold prediction to finish second in this division. I think your team MVP is Alex Pedrangelo or Mark Stone. They're both crazy. They're both good. Um, your fantasy options for them, take a shot on Krebs. But again, like Stone is a guy that's going to score a lot. Um, Carlson's going to be a guy that you might not want to shy away from. Shea Theodore, from a defensive production perspective, is, is, is a very good pick as well. Number of guys on this team that you could confidently take but be careful because there is some cannibalization happening there from a, a fantasy perspective where um some no, some nowhere name or lesser name guys are gonna are gonna steal some goals steal some points one thing i do like about this team is that they're not afraid to play guys less ice time like they're like they're they're able to manage a lot of their guys up and down the lineup where like with the oilers when you play a guy like mcdavid or dreisaitl like you automatically basically have to play them 20 minutes a game even though they're forward and with a team like Vegas, they're they've got talent very far down the lineup. So they can kind of afford to play these guys like 18, 19 minutes a game and kind of balance out that roster. So um, I do really like that um, for, yeah, I, I mean, my team MVP would be Mark stone. I just, he's still just so dominant on dominant on both ends of the ice um, for, for my money. He's a, 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 a top, three winger in the league, probably maybe top two, if you want to go with like Nikita Kucherov at number one. Um, but he's just, he's just so insanely good. Um, and then as for like a fantasy sleeper, I would say, I mean, Jonathan March is just so consistent. Like he, he just really is. I mean, he's a guy that you're, you're looking at like a, like, like a 60 point pace pretty well every year. Like 70 so uh the first year in vegas 75 points year after that 59 um then the season after that the the covid shortened season 47 points in 66 games and then last year in the 56 game season 44 points in 55 games that's a guy that's like pretty well on pace for like 60 points every year if you're just looking for like a consistent guy deep in your lineup jonathan march so is a really nice pickup and you can probably get him super late yeah, Anyways. Riley Smith's a pimp too. Alex yeah. Tuck's a pimp too. They got a good team. Injured right now, unfortunately. Um, but as for my bold prediction for this team, um, I would say I think they're going to make a move at the deadline for a guy that they view as a number one center. If he's actually number one center, that's that remains to be seen. But it could be like a Sean Monahan. Um, like they could make a trade for someone like Sean Monahan or or even. I don't know. Um, they probably wouldn't make a trade with San Jose, but like a guy like Thomas Hurdle, a guy that maybe in the grand scheme isn't your ideal number one center, but a guy that they could that they could easily slot in in that top six. Um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my, my bold prediction. I do want Nolan Patrick to have a better career. I really like Nolan Patrick, and I feel bad for him. Like guys just got numerous numerous concussions, numerous injuries, and it's just held him back this entire time. I'd love to see him break out for Vegas. I, I really would, even though Vegas is a, a, a dirty little team that is that plays in the Oilers division. Well, it's finally here. Shall we get to it? Yes, sir. And finally, on our Pacific, or on our full team, pre, or on our full league preview, we have your Edmonton Oilers with a 35-19-2 record for a .607 points percentage. We've talked about them at nauseum, but they had one of the most eventful off-seasons in the entire league. Whew, I'll rattle these off. 
brought on Zach Hyman, Warren Fogle, Derek Ryan, Duncan Keith, Cody Cece, Brendan Perlini, and signed Colton Sevier. I don't think it's a PTO anymore. I think we're signing him to a full free agent or to, to a full contract. And overall, we lost Ethan Bear, Caleb Jones, James Neal to a buyout, Adam Larson to free agency, Alex Chase on the free agency, Jujar Kara, Dominic Cahoon, Dimitri Kulikov, and Tyler Ennis. So out with a bunch of stuff and in with a bunch of stuff. I completely forgot to mention um, uh, RIP Gaetan Haas and Yoki Nygaard. So basically, the Oilers made a lot of changes running out. A bunch of guys that you could classify as maybes as banking on, you know, could we find lightning in a bottle with a bunch of these guys, a bunch of bargain bin shoppers. But now they've brought in guys that are proven, guys that are that that have that have been that, that have been regular contributors to their teams before. Um Obviously, we've we, we've talked lots about the additions to this team and uh, the re-signings and the, the the contracts and the line placements and everything like that. But overall, I'm excited to see what this team can do offensively. I think defensively, I'm still really concerned. Um, the early preseason showings have not been ideal. <laughs> but at the same time, I try not to count too much on what's going on in the preseason. But I love the addition of Zach Hyman. I think Zach Hyman is going to be awesome. Contrary to my early, uh, to my, uh, you know, post last season discussions about being afraid of signing Zach Hyman. Um, I'm excited for Warren Fogle. I love Derek Ryan. Derek Ryan's already one of my favorite players in this team. I, I, I know that you haven't watched much preseason, but I think you're going to be really excited to watch Derek Ryan play for the Oilers uh, on Wednesday. Um, yeah, I just... And then Brendan Perlini has been a really nice story. I don't see him going coming into this team and scoring even 15 goals on, you know, in, in the bottom six, but even if the, even if the guy can contribute 10 and it's just a nice story for the, like to sort of rally around with this team. Um, I think they're going to score a ton of goals. I think this could be one of the highest scoring offenses in the entire league. I think it, it probably will be the highest scoring offense in the entire league. But defensively, I think this could be a, a very, 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 very scary team. Um, now, with that being said, uh, we have a few. Or I have, or I have five predictions. I believe you have prepped five as well. Um, did you want to talk about some of your thoughts on the team slash your five? Yes, I would. I would like to. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yes. So. I think that, okay, you look at the key addiction, you look at the pluses, you look at the subtractions. Um, they, without a doubt, got deeper on the forwards uh, in terms of a forward crew. Significantly better. That's what was hurting the boys a lot last year. That has been addressed. They weren't terrific defensively last year. And I would say that the defense on paper has taken a step back. However, um, what you were seeing previously about the Oilers being, you know, shot in the dark kind of players where they might work out, they might not work out. That's kind of what we have this year as well, too, um, except it's a lot more predictable and there are a lot more proven guys. But the players that need to step up, I think, are a lot more likely to do so. So I am titling this section of the uh, preview as I'm ready to get hurt again because I am fully in. I am fully invested in this Oilers team. Uh, and I think that Evan Bouchard is going to be an absolute fucking freak. And I think that that is going to solve a lot of the defensive questions that we have about this team overall. 
Um, so that's what makes me feel very confident in this team. And I have my five predictions figured out as well, Nolan, but I will let you go first because you were chomping at the bit to get Adam there. So I will let you go uh, with, with your first bold prediction for the Oilers. Uh, my first bold prediction for this team is that Yesipoli Arvi will score 30 goals. I think he's going to get prime power play opportunities. And I think that he's going, I mean, he just, he's a bull in a China shop and just goes right to the net. And I think that he's ready to take that next step to getting into that stardom level. Um, I said earlier that I could easily see him scoring 70 points this season. I'm not going to go that far, but I'm going to go 30 goals. That's my, that's my, that's my firm one I'm going with. Very fair. Very nice. We like to see it. We hope we see it. Um, the Buffalo, the Bison was kind. Uh, my bold, first bold prediction is that Zach, Zach Hyman hit 70. Everybody's thinking it. Everybody's saying it. I'm speaking it to it. I'm speaking it into existence. Zach Hyman's going to hit 70 points on the season. Uh, there will be a parade in his honor. I will be leading it and we will have a float and we will have a cake. It will be glorious. Um, well, I'll actually, it's not, it, this was actually my third prediction, but I will, I'll use it as my second because my bold prediction was that Zach Hyman will play over 70 games because, uh, I, I, my, my biggest fear coming into the season was that, all right, this guy hasn't really played 82 games in a while. Could we see, like, are we even realistically going to see him for that much? But I think he's going to play over 70 games and I'm pretty confident in that. And I think he'll have at least like 60 points in those 70 yeah. games. So point per, game play, point per yeah. game player at 70 games, easy yeah. money. We hit that yeah. smash it. Second bold prediction. Um, fuck it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to get into it. Uh, by the end of the season, Evan Bouchard is on power play one. Oh, I've I've got an I've got another one that I think is, might even challenge yours, but I I do like it. I do really like it. I think I think you're correct in that. Um, this is my last point, but I'll do it right now. Uh, this is also regarding Evan Bouchard. You are you ready for spicy? By the playoffs, Evan Bouchard will be the Oilers' best defenseman. I don't think that's even spicy. Like, number one defenseman, better than Darnell Nurse, better like better than everybody on the team. I don't, I don't really see that as spicy, to be honest okay. with you. Good, good. I don't, I don't hate that. I don't hate good. that one bit. I'd like to hear this. Um, so I guess this would be fourth bold prediction for the Oilers. Uh, yeah, third. Uh, yeah, fourth. Fourth. Yeah. By the end of the season, one of uh, Dmitry Samarukov, Philip Broberg, or the other Philip. Berglund, yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil Berglund, one, yeah. One of those three is on the Oilers' playoff defensive roster. Mm, I like that. Um, my fourth bold prediction is Miko Koskinen is the Oilers' starter by Christmas, like the number one by Christmas. I'm ready to get hurt again. I'm ready to get hurt too, but I, I, I think, I think. I think there is something to be said about the whole like Miko missing his family and needing that time to recharge and, and to really find his game. My biggest concern, like my biggest concern is not even that he has a good season. My biggest concern is that he has a really good season. Then Ken Holland signs him to a five-year contract. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, spooky. <laughs> um, my fifth and final bold prediction. I gave it away uh, under the last team's. Uh, preview but that the Edmonton Oilers win the Pacific Division oh god this is we're gonna end this on a really sad note because I went for I went for a real downer of a bold prediction <sighs> one of Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl misses at least 25 games 
Why the fuck would you say that? I don't. I'm sorry. I'm just. I. It's just <laughs> my bold prediction. I hope someone gets hurt. I do not. You. This is bold predictions. Not. I hope. I don't wish these things. Um. Yeah. I just. I'm just so. I, but now here's the thing though. They miss 25 games, but they make it back for the playoffs and the team is still really good. Like, like the, this team proves their depth with them being gone. So this isn't necessarily a negative. It's a negative because you don't want to see your stars gone. But I think this is one of those, one of those moments where you're like, Oh my God, like this team's really deep. And when it comes to the playoffs, like these guys are, are everybody's firing on all cylinders. So I don't see it necessarily as a complete negative because it, gives us a little bit of hope afterwards yeah, um it's like, a, it's like a at what cost kind of thing yes eh? exactly yeah. at what cost everything uh anyways um yeah those are the bold predictions for the edmonton Oilers this season um uh, 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 team mvp uh, probably unanimous and uh fantasy probably unanimous as well uh connor mcdavid and leon so how's, how's he gonna win the how's he, how are they gonna win the heart uh if, if they miss 20 games nolan how are they gonna lead the league in scoring if they miss 20 games uh one of them will win the heart okay and oh, i you gotta pick one you gotta pick one it's gonna be mcdavid will win the heart okay fine dry, dry subtle misses 25 games and celeste celeste is, nurses him back to health yes and uh what's his dog's name again it starts with a B. Um, yeah, sorry, 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 Leon and Celeste. We uh, we sh- we should know these things. We're 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 come fucking on, up. Come on the pod and defend them. Yeah, I've messaged Leon Drysaddle on Instagram probably eight times to no reply. So I'm I will eventually get there. I'm expecting one day he will respond. It's going to happen. When he's uh, when he's when he's injured and he has a little downtime, he's gonna come. Yeah, on. exactly. He's gonna come on. He's gonna be like, oh, give the one for one boys a little bit of my time. Um, anyways. Yeah. Um, fantasy sleepers. You can go with Evan Bouchard if you want to. He's probably going to get, he's going to get that power play time. You could go with Zach Hyman, go with Warren Fogle, but ideally probably Jesse Pugliarvi who will be strapped to Connor McDavid's wing. Yeah. Sm- smash the, smash the bet button on, on Jesse Pugliarvi. I've been talking about him for the past two seasons. Call back to our first episode of suck Jesse's toes. I think he, what did I say? He was going to hit 20 goals. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah in yeah, the short 20 season. goals. Yeah. So I am, I, I am big on the yes, a train and I would say smash that fantasy option. If you can't get McDavid, if you don't get first overall, there's still a chance that you can get, uh, you can get yes, a in round two or three. Well, that's about it. Did you have anything else you wanted to say on the Oilers? Yeah, Nolan, I'm very glad that we can get back into uh, Father Pickmas's favorite time of the year where we get to end a one-for-one episode with our predictions for next week. We've got two games next week, Nolan. Wednesday night is the opener against the Canucks, and then Saturday we get our first BOA. Put your Bud Lights in the freezer, kids, because it's about to get messy. I am telling you right now, Edmonton Oilers are going to start the season off spicy. I'm saying 2-0. and I'm gonna agree with you too. I know I'm drinking that Oilers Kool Aid. I'm 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 put I'm putting her in the IV. I'm tapping her into my veins. We're ready to go. I have a line of blue and a line of orange Kool Aid that I'm currently chopping up with a razor blade, mixing together. And oh god, no! It hurts. It burns so bad. And your veins are starting to like are, are starting to glow through your yes. skin. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wonderful. Well, that just about wraps it up. Miles, did you have any last things you wanted to say? There is only one thing. 
that I have to say, Nolan, and it's something I've been waiting all offseason to say. For the first time of season two, we can finally say, and it means something because we are back. We've got hockey. So, Nolan, as always, go Oilers go. Go Oilers go.